Hello listeners, this is the High Up Podcast. Welcome back everyone. This is the podcast that is helping you up to whoever you want to be, wherever you want to go and whatever you want to do. For any new listeners, welcome. It's lovely to have you. Um, I am Ellie Long, your host, and each week I am joined by a special guest to discuss a really important topic around leaving school, getting a job and making the best start in your adult life. Exciting, but scary. So this episode, I am joined by Jessica or Jess Natman. Um, she's a commercial graduate. Hello, Jess. Welcome. Hi. Uh, hi. Um, and this episode is going to be focusing on imposter syndrome, which I know is quite a hot topic actually at the moment in kind of graduate and apprenticeship employment. We're going to be talking about breaking down some of the common taboos that surround the subjects and hopefully giving some great guidance to all the listeners that are maybe feeling a little bit lost thinking how on earth do I pick what I want to do for the rest of my life? What was if I want to change my mind? And how am I meant to know what I want to do when I'm only 18 years old? So don't worry, we've got all the answers and we will solve all your problems. Before we get into that, Jess, I'd like to start um, with something a little bit more silly. It's called our Lucky Dip Icebreaker. Um, what we do is um, you will choose a number between 1 and 25 and it will randomly generate um, an exciting question for you to answer, um, which will hopefully give our listeners a little bit more of an insight into who you are. Does that sound okay? All right. Yeah, that sounds good. Perfect. So if you could choose a number, um, I will see what question pops up. I'm going to have to go with 13, my lucky number. Do you know what? Quite a lot of people choose number 13. I have to keep reordering the questions, otherwise every <laughs> single episode we'd be talking about the same thing. Um, so for you, um, your random question is, if you could only eat at one restaurant for the rest of your life, what restaurant would it be? Oh, that's an easy one. Uh gourmet burger kitchen just gone through so many times with my boyfriends so that's that's an easy one haven't been in a long time <laughs> brilliant I think it's a really tricky one I keep going around and I was trying to answer some of these myself the other day and I was like oh I just don't know what I'd say so let's start we're talking a little bit more about you um, and your journey through school and university and onto a graduate program because um I guess you'd be quite happy saying you didn't necessarily follow the typical field of study to join a commercial graduate scheme so yeah. tell us a little bit more about that yeah, um, so I mean, I, I'm going to start back in school because my journey has been a bit, as you said, strange one. Um, but I mean, back in school, I was actually a very, very quiet person, uh, which looking at what I'm doing now, if you told me back in school that I'd be a commercial like graduate, I'd told you no way in hell is that ever going to happen. You're lying. Uh, so I guess in school, I was really quiet and I started off kind of started to do some drama. So when we talk about not really having a, a linear journey as such, I changed what degree I thought I was going to do about four or five times. <laughs> so I started off with drama, quickly changed to English, went back to drama again, and then decided something completely unrelated. I'd do biology. <laughs> um, it, it was a, an interesting start, to say the least. But um, So I ended up going to university and I studied a master's in genetics. So I went to UCL, but you can kind of specialise in second year. So I chose just the stream of genetics. So that's what I was specifically interested in. And then when it came to sort of my final year, I had a research project and I didn't really enjoy it as much. And I guess one of the things with my degree was that it was very much research or teaching. There wasn't really a lot of other opportunities once you came out of that. I just didn't think that was for me. So I came out. And I actually took a year out of university to try and kind of decide what I wanted to do. And uh, I think one of the things that actually kind of led to me being on this commercial leadership scheme now was that I was uh, president of a, a society during university. 
I kind of enjoyed that that leadership kind of skill and everything that came alongside that. So during that year out, I decided I want to do something that's kind of a leadership based scheme or, or job. And I applied to quite a few things, as everybody seems to do as a graduate these days. And then I ended up uh, going on to this commercial leadership scheme at, at E.ON. So, I mean, that's that's how I got there. But there was never any idea back in school that I would be where I am now. And how do you, if you look back at who you were when you were kind of 15, 16, and you were choosing your A-levels and your GCSEs and all that stuff, how do you think that's impacted how you've got to where you've you've got to because obviously I always say that the decisions that you make will be important no matter where you end up going and you'll get valuable lessons no matter what what you do. Yeah um, so I mean I chose at A level I chose to do drama, uh, maths and biology which is quite a, a different interesting combination. <laughs> quite a different three subjects there um, but I would actually say that the A level in drama gave me that sort of confidence in myself that I was missing when I was a lot younger. So although it's not really what you'd expect for someone going on to study biology, it gave me, yeah, the confidence to be able to speak to people. Because when I say quiet, I mean, I literally only spoke to my friends and nobody else. Um, I think that really set me up to where I am now. And then I've always been a sporty person. So I've always done sort of sport outside of that. And that team sport so I was in netball originally uh, that also helped so I think it's just the combination of those three I mean maths and biology were obviously important for getting onto a biology <laughs> course uh, but drama was where I really saw myself grow as a person yeah and I think that's what a lot of young people sometimes forget is it's that all that other stuff that you do around the maybe one or two subjects that you really like that can also influence how you think about what you want to do in the future and I say to a lot of people things like drama and team sports play a massive role in creating those transferable skills that you've got but also if you love something like drama like you say or if you love something like leading a society there's skills that you're using in there that are very transferable to jobs and in the workplace and can help you start to identify what you might like to do in the future so yeah definitely really interesting so if we think a little bit more about imposter syndrome, um, for those that don't know um, about it or kind of haven't come across it before, um, from my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jess, it's a mental health condition that means that you self-doubt yourself and you've kind of got this sense of intellectual fraudulence, for want of a better word, that kind of overrides any feelings that you think you've got in terms of your competency. So um, it's kind of that feeling that you feel like you've got somewhere maybe due to look and not due to the fact that you've actually done a fantastic job and um, um, I know you relatively well and I would say that you've got to where you've got to because you are fantastic and because you've done a fantastic job and you've worked very hard so but the, that feeling of thinking oh gosh someone's going to find out that I'm an imposter and that I shouldn't be here how um, how does that affect you kind of day to day? So I mean it's it's quite a big thing I battle with to be completely honest Um with my graduate scheme, obviously, I go into different placements. So every single time I go into a new placement, there's a period of time where I'm just kind of sat there thinking, am I supposed to be here? Am I saying the right things? Do people think I sound stupid? And I'll, I'll, I'll think that I sound stupid saying things. I mean, it's difficult because, I mean, it has caused a lot of tears and me just getting really frustrated and stressing myself out much more than I should be because I just think that I'm not doing as well as I should. 
I think some of that stems from maybe not having like that linear pathway that people always kind of think you should have at a young age, like you should know where you're going. That I thought, because I don't have the business skills that maybe some of the other graduates have, am I lacking something? And also it made me feel like I had to work even harder because I felt like I was lacking something massively. But what I've found is that when I'm speaking to other people, a lot of other people actually have the same feelings I do, even if they've gone on that linear pathway to where to where they've got to. And I think that's one thing that's really helped is just talking about it more. Because it's, I think I read an article or something that said like 70% of people actually have this feeling or just feel slightly that self-doubt when they're going into a career. And That's mad, 70%. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't quote me on that one because it was an article and uh, I'm remembering from the top of my head. But just the fact that nobody really talks about it in the workplace really surprised me because um, there's comfort in knowing that other people are going through exactly the same thing as you are. Definitely. Yeah. And is it something that you felt recently or do you think it's something that you've you've always felt um, since you were kind of back at school? I think it's something I, I've always felt definitely since uh, kind of joining university. Um, I mean, when I talk about as well, kind of leading a society and being president of a society, I, there was a lot of self-doubt there as well. Uh, somebody approached me and said, look, I think you'd be good to be president of the society. And I just sat there thinking, really, uh, are you sure? Um, and then, I mean, I ended up being the president. It was of a rugby society. So I was president of the women's rugby team. And actually looking back, I think I did really well. But at that moment in time, there was that self-doubt constantly in the back of my mind that are you doing a good job? Do people think you're doing a good job? Um, so, yeah, definitely it's been a theme throughout, I think. Yeah. And what's probably really interesting is you've probably got um, friends and colleagues that think exactly the same thing, but you're looking at them going, I think you're doing an amazing job and you're brilliant and I think you're fantastic. And actually they're thinking exactly the same thing in their head, but then they're thinking the same thing about you, that you're doing a brilliant job. So, um, yeah, I think it's really interesting that it's probably something that everyone feels at some point in their career or in their kind of educational journey. Um because to get onto a graduate scheme, you've normally done exceptionally well to get through numerous stages of a process. So to to get to that end point, people must look around the room and think, wow, I can't believe I'm actually I'm actually here. Yeah. I mean, there's there's one thing I've noticed as well about myself is when people ask me, you know, what did you do to get here? I always make a comment that, oh, I haven't had the most traditional um, and like I don't have the exact skills and that's again just my self-doubt kind of coming out in my speech with just saying that I didn't do the normal degree and the normal route it, it's yeah it, it's really interesting how do you how are you overcoming this now um, and how are you not letting it um, stop you I guess and how are you le- letting yourself see that you're doing a brilliant job and that you're allowing it to help you succeed so, I mean, first of, uh, I guess, first thing I've done is kind of read up about it a bit. And one thing that was really, really useful is there are some TED Talks out there that I've listened to. And these are like CEOs, like really, really um, successful people that are saying that they've dealt with this as well. So that's one thing that's really helped. And also that they speak about how they use it to their advantage and how actually it's not something that's necessarily holding you back. One thing I've noticed about myself is that probably imposter syndromes 
made me a bit more thorough with things like I over practice I probably overthink everything but in some ways that's good because it means I'm over prepared for a lot of presentations I do or stuff like that I mean I'd never think I was over prepared until <laughs> afterwards but um that's one thing that's helped and then I haven't started it yet but this is something I'm going to to hopefully start is journaling down some of these thoughts that I have especially when I get stressed about something is just kind of actually looking at that thought that I've had that self-doubt and seeing whether or not that's actually true based on what I've been doing in work so for example excel well I'm using this as a complete example yeah. pulled out of nowhere but excel skills and thinking oh I can't do something in excel and then actually writing that down and looking at it thinking I can I just need to put extra work in to get there yeah um and then the other thing that I think has been probably actually the most important thing is is talking to my manager about this kind of feeling um and my manager has been absolutely brilliant uh I mean she said to me uh, she's given me that reassurance that I'm not kind of failing and I'm actually doing quite well but it's having just an open conversation about it all and then again her saying that she's dealt with it herself so I'm now I, I just want there to be a more open conversation about things um I think that's one way to combat it is just being honest with other people that you're going through this and uh I maybe need a little bit more, more reassurance sometimes just to to make sure that I'm overcoming that self-doubt in my mind it's difficult it's difficult because it's it is mental health at the end of the day and that's yeah. a very difficult thing to tackle but there's definitely things to do to overcome it and uh, I'm learning as I as I go along in my career yeah I think it's really interesting that you said that the CEOs and really kind of senior leaders of organizations that feel exactly the same thing because again a lot of people look up to them and go oh my gosh what an amazing role model I want to be like them I want to um, do what they've done and they've had this amazing career path and they must be so confident to stand up there and talk like they do and actually they're thinking exactly the same thing which um, is um, an interesting thought to kind of have and remind people that actually no matter where you are in your journey it's okay to sometimes feel not 100% confident and seek support from those around you so um, yeah that's, that is really interesting. Um, what would your kind of um, advice be to other young people that are feeling the same? So I know there's a lot of young people that um, I work with and that listen and engage with our podcast that might come from kind of different backgrounds or maybe the first in their family to go to university um, or maybe doing something like a degree apprenticeship, which was never heard of and their parents um, have really had to kind of learn about it. How would you encourage them to have the confidence to know that they belong and that they're doing the right thing and that they're in the right place for them? Um, I mean, one one piece of advice that I kind of wish I had when I was younger was that you don't have to have it all figured out when you are 18 um, or 16 or 18. Like You don't have to have it all figured out. Obviously, you want to do things that you enjoy and that you're passionate about, because I think that's something that you can always pull on whenever you're going for a job or a, a degree apprenticeship or a scheme. It's the passion that really kind of sets you apart from other people and gives you that unique quality um I mean as I said I'm an example of not having a clue what I wanted to do when I was that age and and somehow still doing quite well and uh one other piece very well (laughs) (laughs) um and then I think 
one piece of advice, which this comes from my mum, so I've got to give a big props to her. For <laughs> Shout out to mum. <laughs> yeah, is uh, to feel the fear and do it anyway. And that's something she constantly says to me. Um, so I've applied that to sort of any experiences or opportunities that's come my way. I've very much been nervous and scared to do it, especially like presidents or going through this this kind of graduate scheme is just feel the fear yeah and do it anyway because it's going to give you even if you don't succeed in doing it it's going to give you those skills and that experience to pull on in the future so uh yeah I I have to thank mum for that one (laughs) yeah they do say um that the feelings that you have when you're feeling scared are the same feelings that you have when you're feeling excited about something or when you want to do something so I always try and think I'm not scared I'm excited and I really want to do it which is easier said than done in some uh, situations but I like that feel the fear and do it anyway I think that's really really important and I think at a young age it's about doing what you love and trying different things and, and seeing where they go and I mean um I'm in my late 20s and I still sometimes think I don't really know what I want to do with my career and oh I fancy going over there and doing something like that and so I think you, you'll you'll never get to a point where you know exactly what you want to do for the rest of your life because it, it's such a long journey and it's such a long path yeah it's it's very rare that somebody at a young age knows exactly what they want to do for the future um I mean there are people like that and I admire that as well but for me it's definitely it's not been that and where I am I'm like where I am now but again like you I I don't know I I might decide that I want to go somewhere else and do something else and it's yeah very much I agree with your point that it's about just trying different things I've tried loads of different things some of them I hated (laughs) but uh some of them I've absolutely loved like I fell in love with rugby and I fell in love with the leadership that came alongside that and yeah it's it's been trial and error definitely trial and error yeah and I think the fact that you like you say you loved rugby and you loved the leadership side of it that then helped you go do you know what actually that's something I could see myself doing in a career and and turning that into that because um if you hadn't done that you wouldn't have known that about yourself and you could have ended up lecturing in biology at UCL for the rest of your life so um, (laughs) um, that's why it's really important to just try every opportunity and to to do things that might make you nervous because you never know what you might learn from them do you think the graduate program has been a really good way of helping you understand and develop your kind of skills and your areas of interest and understand where you want to go definitely um I mean guess coming from a degree in something completely unrelated it's been good to have a graduate scheme because it's giving me different experiences I mean I've only been on it for a year now but I've been in two completely different areas of the business and I've found that I do like one more than the other and uh, I mean I've got two more placements to go and it might be that I find something else that I like even more so that's definitely helped and it's also really allowed me to develop as a person yeah even a year ago I wouldn't have been as confident as I am now uh, and partly I think that's due to having some really good managers which have been really really good at helping me develop skills and kind of throwing me into different experiences like presenting to people definitely wouldn't have had a chance to before and um, yeah I'm I'm really really grateful to be on the graduate scheme I think it's given me a lot already just in this this first year good good that's really good to hear um particularly as someone who works in that um professionally works in the space so um, I'm glad to hear that they are good and that they work um 
for um, our listeners, um, I'm sure there's a lot of young people that um, listen and follow the podcast that might be interested in something like science or biology and, and thinking, but oh, I also like drama and I also like sport. How would you encourage them to try and narrow down what their path for kind of further education is? Because at some point you have to you start to specialise and start to choose the direction that you want to go. Yeah, Um that's a tough one because uh, it took a long time for me to to make that decision about which way I wanted to go. I mean, I ultimately decided to go with biology because I thought that that would give me sort of a platform for the future. Yeah. So things with with sport, I always knew that I could do sport alongside whatever I was doing, sort of as a biology degree. And although I loved drama, I couldn't see myself committing to that sort of full time. And yeah, I think it for me I think it mostly comes down to what you're most passionate about as well so there's obviously trying to to set yourself up for the future which is a difficult thing to do in itself but whichever one you feel that you're most passionate about as I kind of said earlier it's about showing that uniqueness of your personality through that passion that you have for that subject but uh, it was definitely not a not an easy decision and um do you think there's things that because I think sometimes people think oh I need to go to uni because I need to get a job at the end of it so what am I going to study to make sure I get that job at the end of it do you think there's something actually about saying do you know what no go and study what you love if you love biology go and study that brilliant or if you love chemistry or geography or history or whatever it might be and then look at how you can transfer some of those skills and the things that you've done outside of university into a career yep yeah, I mean, I think some people do fall into the trap of, oh, university is the only pathway, which is definitely not the case. But if there is a subject that you really do love, then take that opportunity to, to study it more, to actually enjoy studying it rather than just studying something for the sake of this will get me something at the end of it. And like you've shown, actually, there's a lot of transferable skills from studying, firstly, a a science degree um but also from doing things outside of that and making yourself the more rounded person which we always talk about in recruitment but <laughs> it's such an important thing to do um what would your advice be to um anyone listening who's thinking right i think i can identify with a lot with a lot of what jess has said i think i might have some things that fall under imposter syndrome i want to get help i want to try and develop myself what would you say to them to go and do now and to go and focus on I mean, first, I think if you are kind of dealing with some imposter syndrome things, this is opening up and telling people that you are going through that self-doubt. I definitely, I mean, that is the biggest thing I'd recommend because you'll find a lot of people are going through something similar um, and you'll be able to maybe trade different ideas of how you can overcome things and, and actually make a plan for yourself that you can have that reassurance from other people around you as well. And um, I mean... There's also a lot of articles. I mean, somebody's recommended me a book to go read about imposter syndrome. And then, again, just listening to other people that have gone through it. I think going back to that CEO that I heard kind of talking about his experience, he said that it's actually just allowing yourself to know that you're going through it and feel like you're out of your depth, but doing things to kind of bring yourself up to the level that you expect yourself to be at so if you're in a room of people where you don't necessarily know uh, what they're talking about then kind of realizing that and going and learning about it so that when you go back next time you know what they're talking about and you kind of understand everything a bit better I think that's really important because sometimes 
we don't expect everyone to always know everything and always have the answer to everything. So it's okay to say, I need help or I don't know, or can you share more information with me so I can upskill myself and learn more about it? I mean, that's one of the things I think personally I've struggled with the most is expecting myself to run before I can walk. So when you go into a new placement, I'm there kind of doubting myself, but then also thinking I should know this already when no, I shouldn't. I've not done this before. Like you need to ask those questions and and let people help you. Otherwise, you're just going to be floundering and kind of struggling by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess having a really kind of um, positive attitude towards things and taking time for yourself and focusing on things like well-being is really important important is there is there anything that you do to kind of help yourself um chill from work or actually put everything that's happened at work to one side so you don't spend the whole of your life trying to constantly get ahead of ahead of yourself yeah so I think one thing that's especially difficult with this whole working from home situation (laughs) is switching off at the end of the day um it's pretty much just once the day is ended for me that's it I'm not really going to sit there and focus on work anymore I'll take myself up maybe read a book Um, I would usually go to the gym or just kind of do something sporty to get my mind off of work and into some other activity yeah it's it's very difficult because at the moment I mean I'm working from home and this is also in the living room where we relax so it, it is about kind of even a lot of people at work, they kind of give the advice of going out for a walk after you finished work, just to, to clear the air in your head. Yeah, I think a lot of people struggle with that. I, I've heard a lot of people saying they, they miss their commute in some way because that was the time to either prepare themselves to go into the office or leave everything that they'd faced that day away um, and get home with a clear kind of um, mindset. So, yeah, I think that's something that a lot of people have been, been struggling with. Cool. Is there anything else you want to kind of um, say or end on in terms of um, what we've talked about in imposter syndrome before we move on to this super exciting final question? Um, I don't think there's anything else. It's just, I mean, I'm always open for people messaging me if they are dealing with imposter syndrome as well, because as I said, it is about that open conversation and uh, reaching out to people that you know are going through something similar to you. Brilliant. So the super exciting final question. So we always end our episodes by asking our guest um, how they would tackle one of the world's most difficult interview questions. Don't worry, I am not going to. Inter- you look absolutely petrified. Too. I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm not going to interview you. Um, but the purpose of this is to help our listeners when preparing for assessment centres or interviews or um, university application forms because these are the types of things that come up all the time. Um, now I've selected a question um, that I hope will help those who are suffering from imposter syndrome because I'm sure this is something that is a question that you would hate answering um you don't have to give me the kind of formal answer it is more just how you would tackle it and the kinds of things you would say um so the question is um, how would you answer what are your biggest strengths okay so in terms of how I tackle that I'd probably look first I'd look at my extracurriculars I, I think that's where my strengths lie so I would look at sort of the rugby, what that's given me in terms of teamwork. Um, I'd look at maybe some of the communication skills that come along with teamwork and, and working in um, being part of a team sport. And uh, it's difficult because I think this is exactly the question I hate answering the most. And uh, it's it's kind of about taking a step back and not looking at it through your eyes, but kind of looking at what you've done 
through somebody else's eyes I think it is quite useful sometimes to get an outside opinion so I'm quite lucky in that I have a partner I've got a boyfriend who's really quite rational about these things and he can look at things and just say these are your strengths and weaknesses um but it, yeah definitely taking a step back and looking through it with somebody else's opinion if one thing I guess would be a piece of advice is to think of it as somebody else's CV and how you would look at that as opposed to looking at your own. Yeah, I like that. I've heard a couple of people say, um, who hate doing interviews, say, I always imagine I'm describing someone else and I'm trying to sell someone else to get the job um, rather than yeah. myself. And that's the way that they kind of tackle it. So yeah, I like that. I imagine you're kind of describing someone else's CV to them. Because I can imagine that's probably quite a trick question for someone who um, has a lot of self-doubt and doesn't think that successes are real successes. So yeah definitely brilliant um thank you so much jess i feel i've learned a lot from it well i feel like i learned a lot from all these episodes and um so no it's been really really useful thank you so much um i hope everyone has enjoyed listening and um, as jess has said please if you are, are recognizing yourself in anything that we've talked about and um, reach out kind of get help talk to people um and it will become much easier Please remember to follow us on social media. We're at highup.podcast. Engage with us. Give us your thoughts. Um, give us a review. Like us. Share. Tell all your family and friends about us. Um, and if you haven't already, please check out our other episodes. We've got some fantastic um, other interviews with other guest speakers. So thank you so much for your time, Jess. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, that is another episode of the High Up Podcast. All right. Take care. Bye. Thanks, everyone, who has made this episode possible. Acknowledgements are in our podcast description. Have a look at us on social media and look out for our next episode coming soon.